Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99% of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's Stephen Tubbs welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday sure appreciate your time and of course our programs would not be possible without our presenting sponsor attorney John Boson at Boson Law B-O-E-S-E-N Law bosonlaw.com fighting on behalf of veterans every single day their number 303-999-9999 now last week we did what we i guess officially labeled our official veterans day program but i'll tell you what just a few days ago on thursday the veterans day 2021 program on our regular show was so impactful and it was such a success you know what If you missed part of that program last Thursday, we're going to bring you big chunks of it today. It's that good. So we'll hear from our friends at American Military Family. We'll hear what uh, both President Trump and President Biden had to say just last week. So sit back, relax, and we appreciate you joining us. Be sure to check out our new and improved website at AmericanVeteranShow.com. It was a moving Veterans Day 2021. At the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. A solemn wreath-laying ceremony at the Eternal Light Flagstaff in Madison Square Park. Every branch of the country's armed services proudly represented. 95-year-old James Bishop was a corporal in the Army fighting during World War II. I was in the Pacific with General Douglas MacArthur. And Colonel Mary Westmoreland standing at... 62 inches. Living up to Shakespeare, though she be but little, she is fierce, serving in the Army for almost 32 years. On this Veterans Day, I'd like to pay tribute... To all of those incredible people, and you are indeed incredible people, who serve so well and so strong and so powerfully in the United States Armed Forces. We love you. Our nation respects you. The world respects you. And we will come back. Our country has gone through a lot. The last period of time has been very, very tough watching what you had to watch. But our country will be back and will be back stronger than ever, 
Happy Veterans Day. President Biden laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier and spoke at Arlington National Cemetery. To be a veteran is to have endured and survived challenges most Americans will never know. 93-year-old Ohio native Harry F. Miller, who enlisted when he was 15, claiming he was 18 at the time. Miller served in Europe, where he saw the horrors of the Dachau concentration camp in Germany. What do you remember most over the course of those years? I, I dreamed about Dachau for years after that. Uh, I, I would even, I could even smell it. Miller, whose time in the Army and Air Force spanned two decades, hopes to attend many more Veterans Day ceremonies. Skyler Henry, CBS News, Washington. Now, of course, on behalf of everyone connected with this program, 710 KNUS, our Salem Media Group here in Denver, we certainly salute and hope that you had a wonderful Veterans Day if you have worn the uniform. Now, last Thursday, I had no idea at a veterans breakfast for the first time that I had attended since pre-COVID. I had no idea I would meet the ambassador to the United States from Luxembourg. Yeah, good morning, everybody. First of all, good morning, dear veterans, and then good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You see, I am yeah, particularly moved to be here today. I wasn't sure I could make it, but it happened. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here today, and especially because it's on Veterans Day. It's not just any day, it's Veterans Day. That's right. It was very, very nice to meet her, and obviously with her busy schedule, nice to have the timing in Denver to present a certificate, a citation, and medals to a 97-year-old, now living in Colorado, World War II veteran, Lou Zobi. I had a chance to sit down with him. It was... An interview I won't forget. I'm 97. You know, has anybody ever told you you look like Christopher Plummer? (laughs) Well, that's very nice. (laughs) I think I'm older than Christopher Plummer. Well, God rest his soul. You're here, he's not. But let me tell you, what what a special treat on this Veterans Day to be here with you. You were how old when you got into the United States Army? I was 18. And you would end up taking part in the Battle of the Bulge. In a nutshell, I know you've been asked a million times about it, but tell our audience about it. Well, I was pretty lucky. The division I was in did not have to go into D-Day. We were like a uh, reserve division, fortunately. But when the Battle of the Bulge started on December 16, 1944, uh, we were alerted. We were in England, and we were alerted, and, and of course, we had to go in. So, uh, like everybody else, so the Battle of the Bulge uh, had 35 divisions, plus uh, armored battalions and uh, tank corps and combat engineers. There were almost almost 600,000 of us fighting Germany's army, which was over. 400,000. So that's a million people fighting in one battle. So the bulge lasted uh, 40 days, ending in January 25. And at that point, our division, which had fought its way through Belgium, ended up in Luxembourg. And today, Lou, you had the ambassador of Luxembourg, the ambassador to the United States, here to present a medal. What did that feel like for you? Well, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, honor, you know, 
to get a medal from, you know, from the country that you helped liberate. Uh, about six years ago, I got the Medal of Honor from uh, France. So these are highlights in my life. Yeah. Well, and so many people are, are so happy to see you with this. On this Veterans Day, what does Veterans Day mean to you still? Well, Veterans Day to me is a, a long memory, starting out with, with the beginning back in 1942 uh, when we were so patriotic and we all, the young people went in and served, 16 million of us in 19, for World War II. And uh, I would hope that Veterans Day would tell people, young people, you know, what it's all about. It's not only the memory of veterans living and dead, but how you can serve your country, if you will, see? It's a wonderful opportunity. And I would be remiss if I didn't. You were in gliders coming in. Good Lord, man. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you can't choose these things. <laughs> right. I had really volunteered at one point for the Air Corps. However, when I did that, I was in service, and uh, they didn't allow people to go into the Air Corps because they wanted all the soldiers to be underground forces. However, the circumstance was that because I volunteered for the Air Corps, I was transferred into, into Airborne, which is paratroopers and glider men. 17th Airborne. 17th Airborne. And uh, how were the landings in a glider, sir? Oh, my goodness. That was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a story in itself. What a sweetheart. 97-year-old Lou Zobi, recognized by the ambassador to the United States from Luxembourg just last week on Veterans Day. And to Mr. Zobi, to you if you wore the uniform, we are truly forever in your debt. Coming up next, we'll hear from our friend Debbie at American Military Family. Stay with us. Glad you're with us on The American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stefan Tubbs. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday. As always, we greatly appreciate your time. Share this program. We, we want to think that 10 million people a week listen to us. Maybe it's only 9 million. Maybe you can help us get to 10 million. AmericanVeteranShow.com is our website for past shows. Producer Matt puts up by Monday evening, every episode uh, from the uh, almost five full seasons, and certainly by Monday evening, you'll hear the previous day's program. As we look back, our program last week on the regular show, our Veterans Day 2021 extravaganza, as so many people sent in texts and emails, phone calls, honoring the special veteran in their lives. And we would be remiss if we didn't include Groups like American Military Family, they help so much. Debbie Quackenbush McElhaney joined us last Thursday. 
You know I love you, too, and I thank you. I could say the exact same thing back to you. It feels so good to talk to like-minded people, doesn't it? So thanks for having me on always. You know I love it. Absolutely. AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. I want to start with some positives, and I want to just hear from you. And I know I've asked you this over the years, uh, but, you know, on on a day where I don't mind, and thank God, our management here, they're like, yes, do it. This is good programming. What does Veterans Day mean to you? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, for those who know me, they know it's no secret that I had a brother that served in Vietnam, came home and didn't really come home. And the atrocities and the ways we treated the Vietnam veterans were never to be replicated in my mind. And so uh, Veterans Day goes all the way back to Vietnam and everything that we've been able to do for them since then and continue to do hereafter and long after people like you and I are gone. It's everything, because without them, where do we think we would be? Absolutely. And especially in today's world and today's society, for goodness sakes, we need our American heroes now more than we ever have before, don't we? Yes, we do. Debbie uh, runs American military. Look, again, uh, people, uh, I get emails probably at least once a month. Name me a good military. This is Staff and Tubbs approved, if that means anything to you. AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. <laughs> um, you, you see this every day. You guys, and I, I'm so uh, bummed. I gave you a little off the air reason why probably, uh, it wasn't, uh, gonna happen that I was gonna go on your next retreat. But, uh, you know, you just had one. What did you see there with these veterans that are coming together and, maybe rebuilding camaraderie. Just describe it for us. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's really uh, a magic of what I learned working with the Gold Star families and the mothers particularly. When you bring like-minded people to a table who have suffered the kind of traumas and atrocities that our military and their families have gone through, there is where the recipe lies. You hear stories. You think yours is the worst. You don't want to share your, your hardest moments, and yet they come together in an environment where there's somebody worse off than you, somebody better off than you, and somebody who is further down the road than you, and therefore has the hindsight to say, no, if you do this, it will work. There are some great organizations out there now sharing your resources, sharing your story, and realizing at the end of the day that not only are you not out of your mind, but for everything you've been through, you are perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. That is the magic of how it all works, Stefan, mm. in a nutshell. AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. We have uh, been partners in preaching the, uh, the the great work that they do. I mean, but, you know, one of the things, that, and our guest before you was, was uh, he's exactly like you. You guys are cut from the same cloth. You speak the truth, and you know, and I, you've told me, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to face that truth, and and if if families are struggling, if individuals are struggling because of their service and and at post service certainly, but you you get to the heart of it. I want you to talk about, and you have before, but talk about the QRF. Talk about your quick reaction force. You know that's again the magic of how it works. It's a quick reaction force team. They're all veterans. They're all struggling with their own issues as a direct result of their service to country. They don't know what to do with their lives. They don't know what to do with their mental faculties and physical injuries. They feel like square pegs in a round hole. And let's be honest, less than one half of 1% of your country serves. So how are they supposed to reintegrate into a society where the other 99.5% have that privilege? Quite literally, they help each other. Mm. When we get a call from a family member for a missing or suicidal veteran, they put all their skills that they learned in the military back to back to ground zero again. 
They work to find that missing veteran, find that struggling or suicidal veteran, locate them, and then talk them off a cliff, get raw and real with them, tell them what they need to hear, maybe not what they want to hear, and at the end of the day, grab them and get them into the related resources that they need, drug and alcohol addiction, isolation, self-medication, marital issues, financial issues, legal issues, traumatic brain injury. The list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? It it does. They help each other. It's magic. And I know, and I want to end on a positive, and not that everything we've talked about is a negative, but, I mean, this is reality. Again, friends, AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. Donate. Uh, If you are a veteran that, that maybe you're struggling a little bit more than you thought you would, reach out. There are people who care. But just give me, I don't know what pops into your mind, friend, but give me an anecdote of, you know, I don't know if you thought, boy, this person is a lost cause. And I don't mean that they're t- going to take their own life, but you know what? They won't give up the bottle or they won't stop the drug use or they won't stop getting fired. But I know anecdotally you could pull something out and give us a positive of maybe somebody or a family entity that you thought, you know what? It may, may not, they may not Take advantage of what we're trying to do at American Military Family. But you know what? You see the magic, and it's wonderful. It was. And I will tell you, on October 21 through 24, we went to Oak Island, North Carolina. There was a Marine there that has been self-isolating, self-loathing, self-medicating, and put on an awful lot of weight over the years because he was struggling with himself and all of his anxiety from his tours. He's a Marine. He showed up. I didn't think he was going to show up. And at the end of the day... After a long weekend and a whole lot of love from a a team that loves him a lot, that guy now is coming onto our team after we get him the help that he needs to bring him all the way back. Mm -hmm. The fact is, he wrote by saying, today I took a cup of coffee or I opened up the window to let some fresh air in. That's how low he is. And today he's working to go be a high school uh, coach. Mm. He's talking about doing all kinds of things within the charity, and he's back in the travel lane again of life. See, He hasn't been for 16 years. And that is the magic of what you all do. I am so glad on Veterans Day that um, that we can have you on, AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. I love you, friend, and uh, you give my best to your husband and, and to all of the team. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are just amazing. Bring you out to the next intervention, Stephen. <laughs> we missed you, but we'll see you uh, again. Thanks. thanks so much. We always appreciate you. Debbie Quackenbush, McElhaney. Last week on our Veterans Day program, the regular show, AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. Hey, Jarhead. Hey, Grunt. Hey, Devil Dog. Leatherneck. We haven't forgotten you. Happy birthday. Better sing it if you know it.
Semper Fi Marines last week, November 10th, the 246th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. We are only halfway through the program. Stick with us in our next segment. You need some inspiration. You need somebody who quite possibly loves this country as much as you do. That patriotic? You've got to hear Major Ed. Major Ed Polito, who has been on the program before, he joins us. Wow. I mean, you're going to want to stand up and salute, especially after hearing his candor and honest words. That's next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Stephen Tubbs. So glad you're with us on this Sunday. Segment three begins now here on the American Veteran Show. A reminder, just visit the website, AmericanVeteranShow.com, to listen to past shows and get more information on some of the groups and charities that we have partnered with over the years. You're about to get a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of patriotism. On our show, Veterans Day 2021, last Thursday on the regular program, Major Ed Polito made a return appearance. Well, what a great day to be an American. Thank you for having me on the show. And you know what? Freedom is not free. And we're here in this great nation because our veterans have sacrificed so much for our freedom. What does Veterans Day 2021, with all of the ugliness going on, what does it mean to you? Well, it means a lot to me. And on August 17th of 2004, when I ate roadside bombs, it meant teamwork. It meant resiliency, honor, duty, and love for country. And as my father once told me, that when you take the oath of office to defend the greatest nation in the world, it's always been about our love for this nation, our love for God, and certainly our families. And that we are the beacon of light for so many people around the, around the world. And we need to continue to, to be that beacon of light. And to me, it's also inspirational that we get to celebrate a day, and it's you know November 11th every year, yeah. and we can educate our young people on the importance of making sure that we honor those that have sacrificed uh, for their opportunities to have an education and have everything that they have here in this great country. Amen, Major. Major Ed Polito is our guest. And just to give you a little bit of background on on the Major, it was 17 August 2004. Major Polito hit an IED while serving in the Coalition Military Assistance Training Team that was then under the command of General David Petraeus. Due to the extensive injuries to his left knee, doctors had to amputate Major Ed Polito's left leg October 1st, 2004. For his heroism and valor in that day in August, the President of the United States, along with General Petraeus, awarded Major Ed Polito the Bronze Star with Valor, Purple Heart, Meritorious Service Medal, and Joint Service Commendation and Achievement Medals. You know, I want to get into, you know, we've had John before talking about the Folds of Honor Foundation. In a, in a nutshell, um, I mean, give us a sales pitch, man. It is Veterans Day. I'm happy to say, Major Ed, tell us about Folds of Honor. Well, Folds of Honor provides the spouses and children of the fallen and wounded educational scholarships. Um, we've awarded over 30,000 scholarships and raised about 200 million. And 
I don't know if you know this, but I represent also Warriors for Freedom Foundation, which provides mental, physical, and wellness. And, and then about a year ago, I embarked on helping John Daly with his philanthropy with the John Daly Major Ed Heart of a Lion Foundation. It's called JDME.org. You can go to JDME.org and mm-hmm. give generously and find out what we're doing to provide the physical and the support mentally uh, for our warriors and their families, our first responders, and our nation's children through St. Jude's and Boys and Girls Club. I tell you what, I don't know when you sleep, my brother, because you, you're connected with Warrior uh, for Freedom. You're the founding member. Uh, you are involved with Folds of Honor. Uh, the website uh, that uh, Major just uh, gave us, jdme.org. You know, I'm wondering, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, and you know, I, I want to tread lightly because I know a lot of our a lot of our military supporters, a lot of our proud patriots that listen to this program, a lot of our veterans, um, some active duty members of the Colorado National Guard. I don't want to back you into a corner, but you know what? August of 2021 will go down as one of the biggest United States military failures, and that was the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I don't want to get you into any kind of political pickle, but I do want to ask you this. Did you see with all of the nonprofits that, that you're involved with and the speaking and the veteran contact that you have, I would just be surprised, Major Polito, if, if August, the end of August of, of this year was not a trigger for so many of our veterans. Well, it was a trigger for me because I served in, with honor and distinction in that region of the world and, you know, the way that we did that was, um, I, you can't call it anything else but a disaster. And whether we did the pulling out at the end and were able to get as many people out of there as we could, yeah. and how we let our military personnel lead the effort, uh, specifically when it comes to disengaging from a, a, another country. And, and you know what? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But you, if you ask me a question of that nature, what yeah. I'm going to say is, there were some leadership failures. We need to learn from that, do an after-action review, and learn that, you know what, at the end of the day, if we're going to do, we're going to send people to war. We're going to exit properly. And the reason I say all of that is I have a Vietnam veteran, veteran uh, father who served with honor and distinction, and that is exactly how he told it to me. He said, Ed, it hurts when we draw out like that. And it hurts not only the morale of the troops, but the morale of a nation and the morale of the world, because we are the light of this of this great earth. And the thing is, we have a standard of excellence that we should always execute when we do missions like that. There are tens of millions of people that feel exactly the way you do. And I cannot thank you enough for your candor, because... I would imagine even for your own father, Vietnam veteran, these were images from, and I don't want to go negative on this Veterans Day, but these were images, this is reality, and you know this, 1975 Saigon, I don't know how any of our veterans from Vietnam did not at least think about that, you know, and we're not talking but what, you know, just a couple of months ago, for crying out loud. Well, and I want to, I want to, I want to really highlight something. What happened in the, since August, and what I've heard from our leaders, is that we lost the war. And I, it's not about politics for me. It's about, if you're the politician and you're saying that, when were you on the ground? When were your boots 
on the ground to sacrifice what you sacrificed. Because you can say all you want, but we won that war. And we were strong in what we did. We were resilient in what we did. And if we lost anything, it was the political will of individuals that were incompetent during a period of time. And they should have evaluated every course of action to ensure that the drawdown and the drawback, and not only that, but the equipment that was left was done in a positive and an unhasty fashion. And I don't care about, I'm not sugarcoating anything and I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying you're speaking the truth. Brother. Yes, you are. You're better than that. You have made this show already. I want to give you the last word. Um, just, I want to just listen because I know this is going to resonate with so many of our listeners. And again, I just can't thank you enough for coming back. Well, and, and my last words would be this. We live in the greatest nation in the world, United States of America. I just made a very strong and candor comment. But to all of those individuals on this beautiful day of November 11th, that we get to celebrate each other and our families for the sacrifice and the service rendered on behalf of a grateful nation, that is what winning looks like. That is why we're the winners on the battlefield. That's why we've never lost any wars. And at the end of the day, our politicians better take notice because we are the greatest face in the world, the United States of America, because we are the people. You're going to choke me up, sir, and I am not going to cry Oobra. just yet. Oobra! Major Ed Polito, listen, uh, it's not its not if we'll talk to you again. It's just, it's just when. Please, safe travels. Know that you have a billion, so to speak, fans in the great state of Colorado. And um, until we meet again... Happy Veterans Day, and thank you for everything you have given to this country. God bless the United States of America. So inspiring, so truthful, and I love the candor. Thank you to Major Ed Polito. He's involved in so many things, from the Folds of Honor to charities that he is uh, not only connected with via boards, but that he's founded himself. We will wrap up the program coming up next by talking with Tom Clavin. He is an author of a new book that came out just last week. We'll talk about that as we wrap up things. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Incredible people who serve so well and so strong and so powerfully in the United States Armed Forces. We love you. Our nation respects you. The world respects you. And we will come back. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephan Tubbs. Our final segment here on this Sunday on the American Veteran Show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And look, it's not that we just wanted to, hey, let's retread all of those interviews that we did this past Thursday for Veterans Day. No, what we wanted to make sure is that if you did not, by chance, hear these incredible interviews and guests from just a few days ago, wanted to make sure on this Sunday that you certainly did. And to all of our veterans, it goes without saying, we are forever in your debt. I love authors that write about my favorite era, my favorite genre, which would be World War II and certainly what happened in the 1940s. I had a chance to talk with author Tom Clavin, New York Times bestseller, just a few days ago. 
Well, thank you. I'm sure it's been a busy day for you, and I appreciate <laughs> that you're able to squeeze me into your schedule. For sure. Talk about your book and, and why you. Why why does this kind of genre and, and, and this time period really speak to you? Well, I had done a couple of books on World War II before, uh, Halsey's Typhoon and uh, Lucky 666. One was a Navy story. One was a uh, Air Force story that took place in the Pacific. I wasn't necessarily looking to do a story about World War II again, and but I got, I sort of stumbled upon a story. It was an obituary of a man named Joe Moser who had just died in uh, uh, Washington State. He was 94 years old, and uh, it said that uh, you know among the routine stuff is an obituary survivors and where, what he did for a living and stuff like that. It mentioned he was one of 168 pilots, Allied pilots who were incarcerated in Buchenwald, the Nazi uh, concentration camp. Mm. And that jumped out at me because, as far as most people know, and, and you know, we've seen the movie Stalag 13, we've seen Hogan, he- Hogan's Heroes, if you were captured by the Germans, you were put in a prison of war camp. Why in the world was this one particular, well, not one particular pilot, but 168 of them, put into the, uh, a, a notorious death camp? So that's why... And this was, this was six, almost six years ago that I started trying to unravel the story. And, and the more I found out about it, the more intrigued I became. And, and, and I think the bigger the story got. Author Tom Clavin is with us. His book, Lightning Down, A World War II Story of Survival. Um, you can most certainly find it, I'm sure, on Amazon. Before we let you go, Tom, we'll have you uh, tell people how they can mm. get it, uh, most certainly. You know, we we have done a lot of stories on this program. I've done a documentary film on a couple of, of um, well, one was a navigator on a B-17. Another was mm-hmm. basically, he wasn't officially an ace pilot, but he was, he was uh, you know, 22 years old, commander of a squadron, shot down, I think, three or four mm-hmm. times. And and you you you're exactly right. These men would typically, as you say, go to a Stalag Luft One or you know whatever thirteen or whatever it was, uh, without mm-hmm. giving away totally the book because I want people to buy it and and, and read this story. But <laughs> what can you tease us with as to why they went to Buchenwald? Well, what happened was that in 1944, as, as a lot of your know, World War II buffs know, that, that I mean things were really turning against the Germans in, in several ways including that the Russians were coming from the east and the Allies were working their way across France, uh, you know, from, from west to east. And uh, one of the desperate things that the Germans did is they declared that if any pilot, uh, was, uh, any downed pilot was helped in any way by French resistance, or even just regular citizens, that they would be considered terrorists. And that was something that surprised me out of the story, too, that they actually had a designation, they were called terror figures. That uh, meant that, according to the Germans, it meant that uh, they, they you could just bypass the usual rules of law and engagement and 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 the, and the you know, Geneva Convention and send them to a concentration camp. And that's what exactly what happened to the, the main character, Joe Moser, and 167 others, and uh, obviously unprepared for this kind of environment completely. And they had to find a way stick together, uh, whatever way they could do it, they had to find a way to survive because they weren't going to give in to the Nazis and, and, and die and just be conveniently out of the way for them. What is, in, in 2021, with a global pandemic and, and everything else going on, what is the appetite for, for a book like this? Well, that's a good question. I mean, one, one answer is that, well, I guess I'll find out <laughs> if anybody buys it. But, you know, I think what happened, and this is not just my opinion, but when the pandemic took hold, uh, book sales actually went up. I mean, I'm talking about across the board. Sure. 
And uh, but as far as a story like this, which is rooted in World War Two, that's World War Two has been considered by book publishers a, a good war. And I, I don't mean that in an ethical sense, but I mean that uh, that that's still that's the war where so many people can uh, continue to be interested in. And what's fascinating to me, anyway, is that you'd think by now, I mean, most most of your listeners would know, or, or, and you know, too, that next month is the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. It's kind of mind-boggling to think of it Isn't that it? way. Yeah. So that means that the war has been over for 76 years, 1945, and yet every so often there's still an untold story that gets unearthed. And we, you'd think they'd all be known by now. There's nothing left. Yeah. But that's one of the most remarkable things about World War II and so many events in it, so many people have participated in it. Every so often, like in the case of Lightning Down, you find a story that no one's really, really done before. When in your book, Lightning Down, this is born out of reading an obituary. How difficult mm-hmm. was that to try to, you know, make sure that, number one, first and foremost, you're accurate, but to, to get all of the information you need to, to write a book? You know, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, when, when Bob Drury and I did a book, Halsey's Typhoon, about the Third Fleet in the Pacific in 1944, that was published in 2007. We were able to interview, I'm going to say, about 25 veterans of that typhoon storm in December 1944 that gave us a lot of information, a lot of eyewitness accounts, a lot of details. As far as this story, Lightning Down, you know, we're talking about a book that's coming out 14 years later. Of those 168 pilots, first of all, not all of them survived World War II, but of the ones who did, the only one left is a gentleman who's 102 years old. Wow. I think he lives in, in Wisconsin, and he really was not able to be of, of help to the book. So you, you make a good point that, that we don't have, sadly, the eyewitness accounts still available to us, with, with very few exceptions. So you have to go back to what was written at the time, what any reporting that was done at the time. As anybody who participated in, in for example, was in Buchenwald, did they write any kind of personal reminiscence, uh, mm-hmm. oral history? Do mm-hmm. the kids have, do the kids or grandkids have something that's in, in the attic or, or in the garage that that dad or grand, grandpa wrote some, wrote, tried to write his, his memoirs uh, some years ago before he died? And thankfully, uh, there is a lot of record keeping that families have done. Uh, in fact, just just as Lightning Down was published last week, I, I've probably heard from about two dozen people around the country who are saying to me. Hey, would you be interested in this story? I have my father's diary, or I have my grandfather's uh, notes about when he served in, in, in Italy in 1943. So one of the things that is helpful about World War II is that people have done, a lot of families have done a lot of very good record-keeping because they have so much mm. respect for what their father or grandfather, in some cases, grandmother did. Yeah, that is so great. Our guest, uh, the New York Times best-selling author, Tom Clavin, I- I'd love to have you back. I mean, certainly you can, sure. you, with a stamp of approval, uh, great interview, and the next book, you, I mean, just, no, well, I can call that guy in Denver. He'll put me on. But the, light, <laughs> sure the book is uh, Lightning Down, A World War II Story of Survival. Real quick, where can people get the book? Well, I'm a big fan of people supporting their local bookstores. If you have one, please patronize it. But otherwise, the usual place, place is Amazon, Barnes and Noble.com. Awesome. And I want to end this interview with you, Tom, in our first visit. And I hope there's, there's more to come down the road. What does Veterans Day mean to you? Well, I think of my own father, who served both in World War II and Korea. Uh, and I think of my Uncle Jim, who was on a destroyer in World War II that got hit by a kamikaze pilot. So I think about these men that came from same place where I was born, you know, I was born in the same neighborhood as they grew up in, and uh, and the being on the other side of the world and doing their duty. And I think that Veterans Day means to me that there are so many millions of people 
who have done their duty, and we benefit from it. And they're all well, basically one common denominator as well, and I know you agree with this, is, boy, they were sure young. Yes, indeed. Tom, what a great interview. Thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. And, and on this, I, I know you will celebrate and thank our, our veterans. And best of luck with the book. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love what he said about, well, if you want to buy my book, he always urges, go to your local bookstore. Ain't that the truth? Author Tom Clavin, thank you so much. That wraps up this week's edition of the program. For producer Matt Steinkruger, I'm Stephen Tubbs. Have a terrific week ahead. Thank you, veterans. And remember our troops. The American Veteran Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.